But then again, who asked me? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. Um, per usual, I'm Zell. <laughs> and look, I have been having an internal struggle with myself for the past 20 minutes on whether or not I'm going to keep introing the podcast like that because one I feel like if you're here at this point you know who I am I'm the only person who's been here okay I'm trying to get some guests but well I I'm having some technical difficulties neither here nor there nothing y'all want to hear about and also like if you clicked on the podcast so you know what the podcast is called but we're gonna go with what works all right we're growing we're thriving I love it um you know I don't there wasn't a lot of mess mess this week um I have two things I want to touch on actually no we're gonna cut that down to one because I don't feel like getting into Kanye with y'all I don't know who here is a super fan of Kanye who here may feel about him how I do but I do know that like Kanye fans are people that I don't feel like arguing with ever so we're just going to talk about J-Lo before we get into our recaps. So in true Leo fashion, J-Lo had a birthday the other day and she would not let us forget it. Not one person. J-Lo is the queen of Leos. Like, do I know her personally? No. But if you look up Leo in the dictionary, it's Jennifer Lopez. Like that woman, just straight Leo. So. She turned 52. She wouldn't let us forget it. And you guys need to understand why I was like very annoyed. Like I'm almost as annoyed with that post as I am with that green dress. So listen, I was in the middle of work. And when I got off like a long, hectic, stressful shift, sitting on my couch, scrolling through both my podcast Instagram and my personal Instagram in Every post I scrolled, every other one, 52, 52, 52. And I was like, oh my God, please make it stop. But it was getting reposted everywhere because one, she looks amazing. But two, she finally posted a photo on Instagram of her and Ben Affleck kissing. And listen, I have always found Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez to be a very interesting couple, even back in the early thousands when all this first started, because she's so Jenny from the block and he's so Benny from Boston. Like, even in the photograph, it showcased both of their personalities. Like, she had her fedora, she had her bikini, her little cover up, her wedges. And then, and they're in, on a yacht in France. And he has on like a gray long sleeve t-shirt and some fucking khakis. Like he literally looked like he his character in He's Just Not That Into You. Like he looked like his character in there. I was like, sir, we can't get you a t-shirt? Like you're on a yacht in France. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Me and my mom are like convinced that out of all of Jennifer's relationships, like Ben was her one true love she always 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 held a part in her heart for him and I think that I ultimately am happy for her because of that because I think I really think she loved that man but the timing wasn't right obviously so you know it was their first official Instagram they um recreated their little 
booty rub from on the yacht from the Jenny from the block video. And it seems like all is well. It is just baffling to me because she literally, I heard about her and A-Rod breaking up one day, ending their engagement. And then I felt like she was back with Ben the next. I wonder if there's a story there. Like everyone's talking about the Madison LaCroix of it all. But what if J-Lo was the one doing the sneaking? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. That's just me. It's it's interesting. But that's all I have. Um, let's just get into these recaps because per usual, I have some thoughts. So I, much like everybody else, thought that we were going to see the full fight between Sonia and Bershawn. However, Bravo and the editors and the producers said, um, no. And we got a flashback, which, okay, why? Who knows? However, before I start breaking down that argument between Bershawn and Sonia, I just want to point out when Leah is letting all the ladies know what happened the night before, when she's speaking to Luann and Ramona about it, she leads with, there was a physical altercation last night, and that's not what that was. Now, if she wants to say there's a physical altercation between Sonia and the glass on the fire extinguisher, she definitely can. Sonia and an inanimate object had a physical altercation. Sonia and Bershawn did not have a physical altercation whatsoever. And I'm not here for that bullshit. She also starts telling so or Luann and Ramona that Bershawn was just antagonizing Sonia so much. Like she came down to get a melatonin from my room, blah, blah. blah. However, when Leah tell, calls and tells Ebony the conversation, she does not use the term physical altercation. And she doesn't say that Bershawn was antagonizing her, at least not how we saw it as viewers. And I want to know why. Okay, I don't know Leah McSweeney personally, so I'm not going to sit here and say that was purposeful. However, I do think that it might be an unconscious thing that she switched up the story, how she was repeating it to her black friend about an altercation with another black woman. And she, I mean, I'm going to say that she switched it up correct, okay? Because I will tell you if that were me, a black woman hearing that from a white woman, I would be like, interesting, physical altercation. So they came to blows, who slapped who? I would have more questions. I do think that Leah knows more than she tries to act like she does. I I don't know. I wasn't down with that. However, let's talk about this flashback. So to me, what I saw, I did not see Bershawn antagonizing Sonia during that flashback. Okay, I think they both antagonized each other last episode when we saw with the uh, 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 clown. Uh, uh. <laughs> what the fuck was that? However, what I saw during the flashback was Bershawn talking to Leah. Sonia's just over here motor mouthing it up. I don't even know what the fuck she was saying. And she says something to Bershawn. She's like, who is this chick? Blah, And Bershawn tries to put her arm around Sonia and was like, oh, Sonia, girl, you are so drunk. And Sonia flips out at the her saying that she's drunk. Sonia, you are fucking drunk. Okay. You are drunk as hell right now. That is why I do not understand why she chose that hill to die on. However, 
Sonia starts pointing her finger in Bershawn's face. And Bershawn says, somebody, somebody better put a hold on her. I don't know if she's talking to Leah, production, whatever. But I know that whoever she told that to, they didn't do their job properly. It is so different for people who are watching and people around to say that they would know how they would react when somebody is screaming in your face and pointing in your face. However, I will say this. I think Brashawn did way better than I would have done in that situation for how Sonia was yelling and pointing in her face. And when she said, get your fucking finger out of my face, I understood her right then and there. I'm not saying I would have knocked that lady out because as black women and black people, we do have to find more calm within our hearts before getting into arguments and getting into fights especially with white people because it just is perceived a lot differently as I just said when Leah was repeating the story to the white women versus with Ebony and it's just frustrating to see her say that oh Bershon antagonized her and that woman was calm okay Sonia left the room, broke the glass with her purse or whatever. We're not going to sit here and act like if that would have been Bershawn that broke that glass, that the outcome would have been different. I would be willing to bet that she might have been asked to leave the hotel. I work in a restaurant that's attached to a hotel. I have seen people asked to leave for much less. It's called destruction of hotel property. Okay. We're just not going to sit here and play that game. It's so frustrating. And for the other women to sit there and just constantly harp and focus on Bershawn and you got to talk to her, Ramona. You got to do this. You got to do this. And even that talk that Ramona had with Bershawn, you can tell in their faces, it does not matter. They can talk to Bershawn all they want to. But at the end of the day, they do know that what Sonia did was fucked up because they were like, oh, maybe we should plan a mini intervention. Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And for me, this whole last episode of Roni, everything that Sonia has said up to then, like, we got to be a little uncomfortable and turn some more pages and keep doing the reading as white people. All that shit is out the fucking door for me. Because, and I say this over and over to the people in my life, my white friends, my fiance, you know, people that I know, you can, you know, share an Instagram post. You can say that you're BLM. You can say that you understand unconscious bias and microaggressions all you want to. However, when you are in this situation as a white person and you are being microaggressive against a black person, it's up to you to realize it. And that's, that is part of my problem with a lot of people that claim to be allies. When it's them themselves, they have a problem looking in the mirror and saying, okay, this is where I fucked up. And this is when I actually have to turn on my brain further than sharing an Instagram post and saying that I'm an ally. And I have to actually do the work like Sonia says she's been doing. No, you haven't been. Because if you would have, you would have never been in her face like that. And you also, when Bershawn goes to apologize at the table and she says, she takes responsibility and she says, I acted familiar with a group that I wasn't familiar with. And she starts crying and my heart breaks for her. 
Okay, Sonia is so fucking dismissive. She never apologizes to Brishan about anything. She rolls her eyes. She barely half-ass listens when um, Bershawn is talking. And I was actually kind of really frustrated with Ebony in this moment because right before that, she I think she was talking to Luann. She was like, I've given her all the black points I can give her. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Like, excuse me? Ebony, no one's pointed in your face yet, okay, on this cast. And again, we don't know how she might react to that. However, it hasn't been done to you. Luann was rude and microaggressive and used, you know, triggering words towards you. But an altercation in your voice, face pointing like she's about that fucking action. You haven't had that done to you yet. So let's not do that. All right. And two, even when they first got to the dinner before Bershawn apologized, she is like buddying up with Sonia, like, oh, I'm going to sit next to you so I can, uh, you know, sit next to you or whatever. And then when she has to sit across the table, she's like, oh, now I get to see your pretty face. It's like, girl, let's just listen and see what happened. And you haven't even talked to Bershawn. I'm sorry. And maybe it's just me, but black woman to black woman, if I would have heard that, I immediately would have had to go to Bershawn's room and been like, girl, are you, what happened? Like, what the fuck happened? Regardless of the clown shit the night before, I would have, that's, that's just me. Okay. That's how I see it. All right. Now, yeah. When Bershawn starts crying and everything and is apologizing, Ebony is the first one by her side and she's like, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. I just, and you know, I did see a, interview that Ebony did recently or maybe it was a breakfast club interview where she talks about not realizing until the season was over that she to be authentically you know herself she had to move past the white comfort of it all and maybe that's what that was you know with Sonia and everything but I don't know I just know that that shit with Bershawn and Sonia sent Sonia to the bottom of my shit list. She right there with her bestie Ramona now. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Now, let's talk about Luann saying that what Sonia did the night before was worse than what Luann did when she got arrested. Mmm, girl, let's not do that because I had to make sure my memory served me properly and look up to remind myself what Luann did. And it's not, okay? I don't think Sonia should have done any of that. However, Luann, you were operating a vehicle while drunk, okay? You like kicked a police officer and you tried to run away. That's not the fire extinguisher? Girl, let's not compare apples to oranges. You could have said nothing. Luann is the queen of deflection. Like she, she really is, Okay. And the women, and when I say the women, I mean Luann, Ramona, Sonia, they all use the same term when it comes to newbies and they feel threatened by. And they say, don't come into my life. And when Luann's at the table, she, she's like, you know, you're coming into our circle. What they mean is their Roni circle. Those women think that 
they, Roni begins and ends with them. And they are having literal fucking meltdowns on the screen because they can see. I am willing to believe that they can see that their time is coming to an end. And they don't like it. They really don't. All right. Bershawn even says during the argument, Sonia, you've taken this too far. Okay. It's just so, so annoying to see all of this. It was annoying to start, see it start with Ebony in the beginning of the season. And it's annoying to see it roll over into Bershawn now. All right. And, you know, even Sonia, when she starts talking to her, that we see a flashback of them on the bus. And she says, like, I got to know you on the bus. And I thought that we were going to hang out and, you know, be really good friends. And then all this, this clown stuff happened, blah, blah, blah. And we see a flashback of Bershawn telling Sonia, like, when she's dancing, oh, you move like a black girl. Who taught you that? This is one thing I will say about that and Bershawn. I don't like that shit. I don't talk like that. I don't tell white people like, oh, you move like a black person. Oh, you didn't know. We don't, we don't hand out black cards over here. We don't do that because it does make people feel like they are a little bit too familiar and they can cross a certain line that you, with me, you absolutely cannot cross. Okay. Just say she can dance. All right. Just say she hip. Even though I really don't think Sonia can dance. I don't know. I don't know. And for Sonia to say, oh, Bershawn wanted to go there with her tough girl image. I don't think she never gave a tough girl image. Okay. It is within us. Okay. That when you start that pointing and shit, Miss Sonia Morgan, and Bershawn even told her, Sonia, don't do that no, to no one else. Do not do that. And honestly, Ebony and her are besties. Ebony and Sonia, she should have told her that girl, don't do that. Do not do that to anybody else. So the rest of the episode was just whatever. They The ladies go to this seance and Leah says, I'm kind of skeptical of it. Girl, isn't this your event? This is your trip. Didn't you plan this? Well, how are you skeptical of something you planned? All right. And so we learn in this seance that apparently Sonia's dad had a drinking problem and Ramona had a brother that got into a tragic accident and has passed away. I'm like, now let me, why have I seen more of Ramona's shit than hearing about these things from her past? Okay. All Ramona is ever willing to do when talking or has ever been willing to do because she still doesn't talk about it that like a lot is talk about how her dad was really verbally abusive. She has never given us anything else in 13 years. And it was just frustrating me to see by the end of this, how we started with the altercation between Sonia and Bershawn. And everyone kind of sweeped Sonia's to me, everyone that, well, not everyone, people have swept Sonia's actions under the rug when they're like, oh yeah, oh my God, we never knew her dad had a drinking problem. Blah. Whether Sonia's dad had a drinking problem or not, Sonia has a drink. She don't know how to handle her alcohol and she hasn't for a while now, okay? And I'm gonna say this. I got a flashback to season six, five. This was five, season five. When Aviva compared Sonia to Anna Nicole Smith, and everyone, including myself back then, was like, that's fucked up. Like, how could she? 
Mm. All I'm going to say is that that popped into my mind when we was watching this episode. And I was like, hmm, Miss Aviva, while off her rocker as well, she might not be far off. Okay, that's all I'm saying. All right, that's all I'm saying. So we get to see what, you know, is to come for the rest of the season. And I'm underwhelmed. I see that we're going back to the Hamptons. Why? I don't know. Um, But I don't see much else that I'm pretty, that I'm intrigued by. We're going to finish this season. But mm, as soon as I figure out how to write in a question to the reunion, I will be doing so. All right, let's head on over to Beverly Hills in the most ridiculous, ridiculous story we heard this week. So this week on Beverly Hills, we're headed to La Quinta and TBH. Until I watched this episode, I did not realize that La Quinta was actually a place. Like I knew La Quinta Resorts was the hotel chain. And I thought the Big Daddy one that they filmed Tasha's season of The Bachelorette on, I thought that was like, okay, that's the resort, the huge one. And then they built all the little mini sub La Quintas throughout the country. Not the case. It's an actual city. Whatever. So we see Erica Jane cleaning out her studio and it's just more tone deafness. We get a clip of her saying, this will just have to do for makeup for now. And it's her pointing at her kitchen counter. And it's like, girl, most housewives still get their kitchen or still get their makeup done at a kitchen counter with a ring light. You will be fucking fine, all right? And she says something to the nature of, people seem to want to forget that I know how to take care of myself. And I'm like, mm, I, don't, I don't think we wanted to forget that. I literally have been watching you claim that you ran away from your estranged mean husband for like five episodes now. I got that. I don't want to forget anything. I want to forget that you're involved in this shit at this point because watching you deflect and try and act like everyone else is crazy is exhausting at this point I saw this thing on Instagram and it was like people who or no it said wanting people to have less because you do is weird and I I agree with that for us common folk okay but I feel like somebody like Erica Jane sees that and is like yeah these people just want me to have less because I have a lot. And it's like, girl, no. We just want you to be honest in the words of Kyle and not maybe help your husband embezzle money from orphans and widows and victims of explosions, okay? And I have to like overly correct myself now because let me tell you first things first erica jane stands on twitter are so fucking annoying in including michael rapaport it's like are y'all really just ignoring all of the facts and signs in like actual evidence that we have that this woman might have helped this man with this stuff like oh my god and it like She's saying, oh, everyone thinks I'm this uh, scheming mastermind now. No, girl, we understand that it was Tom. We just think you helped. 
we think you know more than what you're leading to and it's like i'm sitting here watching her unplug this pretty mess sign with the dollar sign in it i literally just want you to take some of the money that you spent on that and give it to the people that deserve it all right because the money was given to you by tom and now he says he has none so you need to pay it unplug that sign pawn it and give that money to somebody who deserves it whose it is in the first place okay <sighs> i love how garcelle and crystal like are not staying at the house with Dorit, kyle and kathy since they just got cleared from COVID. <laughs> they're like mm, no we're good we get to see a new confessional look from miss crystal and i'm obsessed the pink at first i thought it was a blast but it's really a dress she showed the whole thing on instagram and i was like oh my god i'm also loving her cocktails with crystal i love a good cocktail I don't know if you, I've said this on here before, but I was a bartender for a very, very long time. I still work in the service industry. I'm just a manager now. And sometimes I just love to make my own cocktails at home. And I love people who love that as well. So enjoying that little Instagram bit from her. <sighs> so all of the women get to Kyle's house. And also, is this, is this the goddamn house that Kyle stole from Kim? I feel like it is because I got a memory of Kyle saying when she said, oh, we've been going to Palm Springs forever. Like that was the house that they were arguing about was the Palm Springs house. Am I wrong? I don't know. However, when the ladies get there, Erica is not there yet. And I love how half of these women are like, oh, the news isn't good. And they're like, what does freezing their assets mean? And Dorit's like, let me tell you, this is what it means and it's not good. And it happened to me once, but not on a scale like this. So just so y'all are clear, stop talking about me and PK's finances. That's what Dorit was saying there, just so we're all clear. So when Erica finally shows up, she gives us more theatrics and somebody on the internet already put together a compilation of all of the times she's done her theatrical cry with her finger to her nose <laughs> it's it's funny okay it's funny she starts doing her little crying bit i see she's found her waterproof mascara that she misplaced last week and she's just you know sitting down talking to the ladies and kathy hilton says have you talked to robert shapiro and erica says i know bob very well listen first of all erica you're talking to kathy hilton there's no need to dick swing and call robert shapiro bob i'm sure she knows him and probably has a better standing with him than you do at this moment you and tom tbh all right oh <sighs> these women are continuing along the stance of like us women just don't know some things and I can't okay Dorit talks about how when her and PK's assets were frozen and how her name was dragged into the press which it was something from before PK and her were even together and Erica is trying to use that trope listen Erica baby we could literally say that. Yes, I, I can give that to Dorit, okay? Girl, 22 years and signed subpoenas and your name all over legal documents. Please stop. Please, we don't need to do this, okay? Y'all already know how I feel about Erica. I said it last week. I would just have so much more respect for her if she 
would just say like, I lost myself a bit here and I have fucked up and I want to make this right. Okay. I, this story, Erica is obviously clearly trying to backtrack. Like, so how we've said over the years, like she doesn't share much X, Y, Z. She is starting to reach back into her pocket of stories um, that she once told us. And I ever more believe that she might have even watched herself. And this is me reaching. Okay. I'm not trying to start like a Reddit thread or a Reddit rumor or Twitter rumor or anything like this. I would not be surprised if Miss Erica Jane watched her past seasons and said, okay, what did I say? Let me do a play off that. And let me play off this and let me play off that. So everything seems like it tracks. So she tells us, and I remember this a few years ago when she's like, Mr. Girardi broke his ankle and he's just being a big baby. And she gives us one of the craziest stories I have heard in a while. And again, just like New York, I watched Beverly Hills twice this week. She and I, I even tried to write it down the story she said, um, about Tom and the car accident, and I couldn't, I could not even follow. I was like pausing, writing, pausing, writing, and I was like, this, this makes no sense. Not to mention the internet does d- did what it does, and uh, <laughs> y'all, they got a bird's eye view map of the house. And tried to follow what she was saying. And I'm not going to lie. I even tried to follow while watching. I tried to follow while listening to what Erica was saying. While looking at the bird's eye view map that everybody had dug up. And child, it don't make no sense. It just doesn't make any sense. Okay. She said this man did everything except for get ejected damn near to downtown LA. It's like he rolled down the hills unconscious for 12 hours. Then finally called me. And and I'm just like... At no point, I don't live in California now. I know they got a whole bunch of like windy roads and hills out there. But at no point, no one saw this and was like, let's call the police for 12 hours. And I'm sorry. If I get into a car accident and I wake up after being unconscious for 12 hours, I'm literally calling 911. Then... On the 12 hours bit, someone, I can't remember who, says, where did you think he was for 12 hours? And Erica says, I just figured he was with another woman. And then that was the second thing that made everybody's mouth drop. And Kyle's dumbass goes, that's not the first time I heard that. I was like, oh my God, girl. First and foremost, i had been looking at her like, oh, really now? You've been friends with Erica for how long? And as soon as she says, oh, I just figured he was another with another woman. And with all these damn cameras on, that's not the first time I heard that. What? I've been looking at her like, oh, really? But secondly, I think this is setting us up for the um, Blackberry images we got of Justice Trisha Bigelow from 2007 or so um, on Instagram a few months back. I think that's what we're headed into now. And Lord have mercy. (laughs) It's getting good. Okay. I'm not disappointed with this season of Beverly Hills at all. 
at all. They are, these ladies are delivering, even outside of Erica, it's delivering. Whew, but let's head on over to Potomac. <laughs> so over in Potomac, we start with uh, one Juan Dixon waking up Robin. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. If you are waking me up, that means you're already awake, okay? Yeah. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, ain't those your kids too? So why the fuck can't you wake them up? All right? The way nobody would have had to be waking up because I would have woken them up by going clean the fuck off on their daddy. I, listen, I did not hop on the Juan Dixon is so amazing and so fine and the best husband last year because he's not. All right. I don't forget things easily, especially when it's things a man has done to a woman. And I, I just, I'm not here for him. Okay. He's not getting extra kudos for me for reproposing to Robin after all the shit he's put her through. Um, and especially he's not getting anything from me after this display in these first three episodes. All right. And you know, I like, is this the way that you're trying to push your wife one? Because you need to find a different way. It's so rude. And I kind of felt a type of way about their son's teacher. And that, that could have been production or whatever saying like, you need to make sure your mom gets you up. Okay. Th- this is one thing we're not going to pretend here we're not going to pretend that robin's kids are so young that they can't start doing things for themselves at their ages i knew to wake like what time i needed to be awake i had an alarm clock in my room i knew how to set it i now and i didn't have a phone i had an actual alarm clock okay and it went off in the morning and i got myself up robin doesn't have little itty bitty children that she needs to like hold their hand she has some leeway to you know sleep in if she wants or go to her office space and work on these things like oh they need to they need to hop up off robin a little bit it's really starting to piss me off so we see ashley and giselle go to lunch and mm, Giselle asks Ashley if she's worried about Michael cheating, especially with the nanny that they've just hired. And Ashley tells her, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And it's like, I'm trying to give Ashley the benefit of the doubt because that's her husband she wants to give the benefit of the doubt to. But oh my God, we're talking about Michael Darby. Like, are you serious right now? Michael Darby. And she says he understands that he has influence over Dean. Dean is one or two. Let's not forget that Michael has grown adult children who were grown when he did all the shit the first time so you know what I'm gonna let Ashley be Ashley in her marriage because I cannot I can't stress myself or waste any of my reality tv time talking about Michael Darby and that's where I'm gonna end that I almost said something else but we're gonna end it there so Giselle says she wants to throw a pamper Ashley party which I'm taking as like a little mini baby shower sprinkle thing. And <laughs> Giselle, do not offer to throw somebody a party who is neutral in an argument and then say, I don't want you to invite them. That's her friend. Please don't inv- offer to invite me or throw me a party and say, I can't invite somebody that I'm, I'm friends with. It's just silly. Okay. Just silly. 
So we get to go see Robin ever over at her warehouse and meet her friend um, Escala, and she is gorgeous. Okay, gorgeous. I don't know if I knew that we were getting a friend of, but I kept seeing pictures of her, and I was like, "Who is that lady?" Because she's really pretty. So I'm excited. Um, Wendy comes over, and you know they're speaking. And listen, here's my thing about Wendy. She goes, oh, you know me, you know I'll pop off. And Wendy, babes, I actually don't know you to pop off, okay? I know you as quite the opposite because when that fight happened last year, you were very like team no violence, that shouldn't have happened. So I'm just like confused where Zen Wen came from. Like she wasn't exactly in the middle of anything. And I feel bad because her first season got eaten up by all that. So I like still feel like we don't necessarily, I mean, I feel like we know Wendy, but like, She's in her sophomore season. This is a season where she's really starting to grow, but like she wasn't in the fight last year. So I don't, that's why I'm confused to where all the Zen Win stuff came from. All right. And let me just say this I don't like the idea that Wendy needs to stay in one lane. Like Robin says, professor, political commentator. And this is honestly where Robin loses me because she, her shade comes off as kind of like hating. Because Robin, what did you do before? Like flip houses? What if somebody said, oh, well, since when you flip houses and now you make hats? Like, no, we're not going to keep ourselves in one bubble. All right. If Wendy wants to be the black Martha Stewart, then God damn it, let's let her and let's encourage her. And I love a candle. Okay. Zen Wen, go ahead. I'm going to buy it. I, I will. All right. I'm also going to buy Tiffany Moon's candles because she has the Sarah uh, Tonin one and I want that one. All right. I'm actually like on this. I love candles, y'all. I love candles. Okay. So I'm about to be on this like whole new candle cake. I just, I keep the candles stocked in this house. I'm using up the ones that I have and I am going to be buying specific about buying. So Jackie Ina, she's an influencer. I really want some of her candles. They're being sold in Sephora now and she's the first black woman candle uh, or black owned candle line to be sold in Sephora. So I'm going to go get some of those. Um, when Zen Wen comes out with hers, I'm going to get some of those. And then, you know, whatever other ones. I'm not going to buy Mia's So, And we'll get there. We'll get there because I've decided on how I feel about Miss Ma'am. But anyways, we learn a little bit more about Mia in her backstory, which is very sad. Um, she has come a long way. There is absolutely no denying that how she got there. I don't care. She has made it good for herself. Um, I just don't like when these stories come in an unbelievable setting. So what I mean by that is like if she would have been talking to the women or a friend or something about that, then I would be like, oh, okay. But it seemed very planned. You're talking to your fucking husband, who I'm assuming already knows these in this information that he's asking questions about. I don't know. Again, well, you know what? I'm going to get to how I feel about Mia. I, I really am. Let's just get through the recap first. So... Ashley and Cand or Ashley and Candace. I don't think that's a sit down that's ever going to happen. To be honest, Karen and Candace finally sit down and have their talk. Now, I have recently learned from Miss Taria from the What Else Is Going On podcast that Karen went to Bravo about Candace. So, my opinion has started to change when it comes to that. If I was looking at it through the lens of just like 
Karen is saying like they both were wrong because I do believe that I both Monique and Candace were wrong all right now unfortunately and this is why I don't get into fights anymore I could be right all day long but as soon as I hit somebody my point goes out the window because I hit them like I understand that and again that's why I don't fight no more all right maturity growth but Karen going to Bravo as Taria says is like going to HR and it's like why did you do that and you're you're saying that you claim to be so neutral but you weren't all right I under I do I can't believe I'm about to say this but I do see where Candace was feeling betrayed by Karen I really do because Karen was not as like close and a mentor and auntie figure to Monique like she was to Candace okay and I do understand I would have appreciated some more checking up on as well all right now I do think that Candace you know that mouth all right that mouth but I that's not to say that I don't think that Karen should have checked up on her and after this conversation with them I'm just gonna go ahead and blame everything on Karen and Giselle because the way Giselle latched on to all of that last year I mean I felt this way last year was like girl you know you started that fight right you you know you started it Giselle okay so don't even but whatever all right we're moving on we're moving forward Candace says that she can kiki with Karen but the friendship is going to be forever changed and I mean I I can respect that I really could all right so we go we get to the pamper Ashley party and can this is one thing that I just don't want from Candace she gets there first. She's talking to Giselle. She's telling Giselle that she sat down with Karen. I would not be talking to Giselle about Karen and vice versa. I would not be talking to Karen about Giselle because when I myself like to get advice and things like that, I like people. I like to be self-aware and I like people to let me know. All right. You're going to get biased info from both of those ladies about one another. Okay. So... Why are we doing this? Why? <sighs> so let's get to how I feel about Miss Wendy. Or sorry, not Miss Wendy. Wendy and Mia, but especially Mia. Uh, ultimately, I just don't think that Wendy and Mia vibe. Like, I really don't. I get where Wendy is coming from, though, because Mia is throwing fucking daggers. I think with Mia, we have a case of somebody who watched Potomac and Housewives and stuff for years and years. She found herself in the same circle as Karen Huger and she was like, this is it. This is my time. And I think she came in with an agenda. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with coming in with an agenda, but she came in with a strong one, you know? I, do I think Ebony came into Roni with an agenda for her first season? Absolutely. Everyone does and should. But Mia, mm, 
all right i think she tried to buddy up with the ogs so she already knew karen she was like got it in good there but she's like if you notice she's like who's the next people she wants to giselle and robin like the three strongest probably characters i'm using air quotes there of potomac she tries to buddy up with them so that's how i feel about how she's coming when it comes to her and wendy wendy is still new all right she is just in her second season and her first season got eaten up a lot by the candace and monique drama so i do feel like wendy feels a little dismissed by mia because mia's like oh i'm latching on to karen oh let me go get um giselle and robin's numbers and it's like okay you don't like try to talk to all of us you're just trying to talk to and be divided you're trying to talk to the two sides of the fucking coin all right you're trying to talk to heads and you're trying to talk to tails and heads and tails are sides that never meet they never see eye to eye so what are you doing it does come off flip floppy okay and to be honest i'm just not here for mia you're doing too much in too little of time all right and it's annoying to me and also i am after this episode i am starting to think that mia really might fuel the eddie cheating rumors as well because if you notice in the three episodes that we've had every time she doesn't even know wendy like that every time she's like you're unhappy at home your husband isn't happy you're insecure in your relationship first things first miss ma'am okay just because you took somebody's husband doesn't mean that everyone's husband ain't loyal so please let's stop this I do not appreciate that. If you cannot come at me with anything else besides, oh, your husband's unhappy, which is a fucking cheap shot, girl, get the fuck on somewhere. Get the entire fuck on somewhere. You have no other argument whatsoever. It's really coming like it's, I'm seeing it do a 360 and I really got irritated with well what am I not irritated with Giselle like let's be honest but I got irritated with Giselle and Robin because they're like Wendy you have to let her talk why are you going so hard and it's like I'm defending you like everyone has told you that she said you're just a pretty face so when I like obviously this chick and I don't vibe so when I am in this argument defending you you're telling me well you got to let her talk what i need to let her talk for especially if she's gonna be waving her fucking hand in my face and then you're gonna tell me oh i'm not gonna stop waving my hand so you need to get up and go over there bitch what i am somebody who talks with my hands as well and i also understand how that can be threatening to people all right I'm not going to tell. And also, also, when she told Wendy, you can get up and go sit over there. Bitch, I was sitting here first. That may seem petty, but it's it's the details. It's the details. What I look like getting up and going over there. I don't know why you sat by me in the first place, Mia. I really don't. All right. And to be honest, somebody should have got up and been like, oh, no, I'll sit over there. You sit right here. Okay. And especially with this group, we know how we feel about hands flying and things like that. They had a traumatic last year that you were not there for, Miss Mia. All right. Now, I want Wendy to stop saying Zenwin. Because obviously that person is not present. 
And I'm an Aries, so I'm the queen of being like, I'm fine. And I'm really not fine. So, And I'm very aware that I look crazy when I get heated. And then I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. So it's like me looking at a version of me when I keep hearing Wendy say, I am Zen Wen. I am Zen Wen. Wendy, you're not. And it's not. Okay. So Mia says also the where she lost me after... You know, they're throwing daggers. Mia said something about her unhappy husband. Wendy threw back um, something about getting her clit reworked. And about Mia getting her clit reworked. And she says, for somebody that's all about women empowerment. And look, this is this is what I'm going to end with. Okay. Actually, no, I have another one other thing to end with. But I'm going to say this. I hate, hate when you are arguing with a woman. Okay, woman to woman. And we're arguing about a specific incident, all right? And they tell you, oh, you're not a woman who empowers women. Miss girl, we are not taught. I didn't say I hope you fail as a mother, a businesswoman in life. I didn't say any of that. But you talking to me about my husband in my life and talking shit to me in my face, I'm going to talk shit back, Okay. I don't want you to, any of your little massage envies, you know, anything to fail. Whatever you're doing, yeah, I want women to get theirs, whether I like them or not. But what you cannot get is in my face and talk shit. And that's on period, all right? Listen, I hate that shit. I really do. We are in an argument. I could say the same thing. Oh, you don't empower women. Shut the fuck up. We're not talking about that right now. We are engaging in a argument, period about specific incidences so leave that women empowerment shit at home when it comes to this all right she didn't call you a shitty businesswoman she didn't call you a bad mom she just says she don't appreciate how you flip-flop and honestly neither do i okay now at the end of this episode we find out that mia stripped didn't strip escorted didn't escort it's just like girl don't say it unless you want the whole thing to come out. She's like, I did end up stripping, but I wore a robe. And really, my clients didn't even want me to take off my clothes. Bitch! This. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you fucking talking about? Okay. She says things, and then she tries to run them back. And, girl, you're on camera. Okay? You can't put words back in your mouth in real life, but you especially can't do it when you do on camera. All right. So also Karen being like, okay, it's fine. I was thinking about getting a pole and Mia can come over and teach me. Karen, you will throw out a hip. Stop this. Okay. You are not getting a pole. Now, next week, I think we are going to get the salad throwing incident. If it's not next week, then I think it's leading into it because I remember people's outfits and I've watched that trailer multiple times and I am excited. I want to see why Salad is getting thrown. And I also want to see why it's getting thrown at Candace because so far Candace has been staying out of drama, but we'll see. And I, I mean, I think everybody is going to start to realize that they don't vibe with Mia because why would you? I'm not going to say that I don't think Mia's a good housewife. You know, I think she should absolutely have a second season unless she just does something abominable. 
this one but I think every housewife deserves a second season to try and you know the first one is rough for everybody oh so that's gonna wrap up Potomac for the week um let's go ahead and wrap this baby up I have a few little tidbits that I want to circle back around and talk about one of which being have you rated me five stars and reviewed me on apple podcast yet because if not why haven't you i mean listen i'm starting to realize that when i really really apply the pressure to y'all y'all will go get it done for me and you know it doesn't make me feel good to pressure y'all but i'll do it all right just like your mama when she used to ground you i don't want to do this but i will all right i don't Actually, I I do want to do it, okay? Because I need those ratings and reviews. I need y'all to do that for me. So your girl can get out there. She can keep making content. She can start making more connections. Don't you want that for me? Like, I feel like you should want that for me because I want it for me, all right? And after you go rate and review me on Apple Podcasts, five stars, by the way, you can head on over to Instagram and follow me at Who Asked Me Podcast because, you know, I'm always over there trying to make memes you know I dabble in the memes I'm not a good I'm not a great meme maker I'm okay and I can admit that but most importantly chatting sharing some takes especially in the moment things that may not make it into the podcast episode or hell I might feel inclined to repeat it but absolutely follow me over there again that's who asked me podcast on Instagram and lastly Obviously, this episode is going up on a Tuesday. Moving forward, this podcast will be going up on Tuesdays. I just finally came to the realization this week that even if I, you know, get off work early on Sunday and having to watch Potomac and have everything recorded and just have to wait for Potomac, it's still not enough for me between my um, actual job that pays me and you know, just time for like my sanity, planning this wedding, everything for me to run home, watch Potomac, record, put it up. Like I will be up until like three o'clock in the morning and mama needs her sleep. So moving forward, we will be having a Tuesday release date for this podcast. But if you wake up one Monday morning and the new episode is there, just just accept it all right your girl is has a had a lot of changes happen this summer and you know I'm rolling with the punches because that's all we can do but stick with me and I appreciate y'all that have okay so yes moving forward we are releasing on Tuesdays I cannot wait and I will talk to y'all next week oh and mm, I might, I might be on another podcast that's not mine. So stay tuned for that. Love y'all. Bye.